20 minutes to share with you everything I've experienced about prayer in over 40 years of being a Christ follower and over 30 years of shepherding people. I'm so grateful for a wonderful helper God gave me who leaned over after I sat down from that inspiring prayer and said, you forgot to pray for Lois Neely, who had knee surgery this week. (laughs) So please continue to pray for Lois as she recovers. Pastor Steve's teaching series from Ephesians 1 has been life-changing for me. I trust it has for you as well. I have a renewed sense of just how much God loves me and how secure I am as his adopted child. My heartfelt response to that series is to take advantage of every opportunity to tell others that they, too, are candidates for adoption into his forever family, the church. And loved ones, that's what our missions conference is all about. The chapter concludes with Paul's prayer for spiritual insight and empowering, which is a natural lead-in to today's message. Prayer, it's more than you expect. I don't care how long you have walked with the Lord in relationship how many prayers you've offered to Him, prayer is more than you expect this morning. Romans 10:17 tells us, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So today I would like to build up our faith as we take a few moments to see what the Bible has to teach us about prayer. Hezekiah was told that he had just days to live. Get your house in order. You're going to die. He began to pray and seek God. And we read in Isaiah 38, Go back and tell Hezekiah, the ruler of my people, this is what the Lord, the God of your father David says, I have heard your prayer. And seeing your tears, how many know that there are times when we pray and all that comes out are tears running down our face? And God holds those prayers as a precious thing in His hands. God says, I will heal you. On the third day from now, you will go up to the temple of the Lord. I will add 15 years to your life. And I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. Matthew 21, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. That's a verse that challenges us, isn't it? And yet God says, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Peter sent them out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and prayed. Turning toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes and seeing Peter, she sat up. His father was sick in bed, suffering from fever and dysentery. 
Paul went in to see him and after prayer placed his hands on him and healed him. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. That's worth hearing again. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. The prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Now, you may be sitting there thinking, great verses, Pastor Gaylord, but I am not anything like those Bible characters. They had some special hotline to God. They picked up the red phone and they prayed those powerful prayers and things happened. That's not me. Oh, really? Oh, really? Then explain to me James 5.17. Elijah was just as human as we are. Elijah was a man like we are. And for three and a half years, his prayers kept the rain from falling. What will you do with that this morning? My favorite Bible prayer comes from Ephesians 3.20, where Paul prays, Now all glory to God, who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Let me tell you a story about one of my first real encounters with God's power through prayer. If God doesn't answer this prayer, I'm not standing here before you this morning. It was the first full-time position that I received after graduating from seminary. Sharon and I moved into a parsonage at a church not too far from the seminary from which I graduated. And I became the youth and music pastor for that church. Almost within a few weeks of being there, I recognized that this was a church that was in turmoil. And within a few months, the pastor stood before the people and resigned. The church was filled with anger, filled with backbiting, filled with criticism, and I was absolutely disillusioned. I remember saying to Sharon, if this is what ministry is all about, I'm done before I start. And being the very wise woman she is, she said, I think you better pray about it. So I did something I had never done before as a young man in my 20s. I said, God, I'm going to start a fast. And I'm going to seek your face, and I will not stop until I hear from you. I was 
five days into this fast. Now, just for health purposes, it wasn't a complete fast. I did drink water and some juice, and you need to do that as well when you're on an extended fast. I called up one of the music professors at the seminary, and I said, can you give me any idea of a church that might be looking for uh, someone with my abilities? And he said, there's a church in Tigard, Oregon, a suburb of Portland. I want you to call the pastor. I'll recommend you to him. So I called up Pastor Holtgren, and I said to him, I was talking with Doc Swafield at uh, Northwest Seminary, and he told me to give you a call that you might be looking for someone with expertise in youth and music. And he said to me, how did you hear about me? And I said, well, again, my professor told me to call you. He said, call your professor back and ask him again. He hung up the phone. I called up my professor and he said, call Beaverton Church in, in Oregon. So I said to him, but you told me to call Tigard. I heard it with my ears. He said, no, I told you Beaverton. So I called back this pastor to try and explain why I'd called him. And he said to me, I have not said a word to anyone about our need. No one knows about it in the church. I've just been praying about it and asking God to send me the right person. There is an opening for a youth and music pastor in Beaverton, but, and that's been published, but I haven't said anything about this opening in Tigard. Come and talk with me and let's see what God is doing. How did I find out about that? How did I hear the words Tigard instead of Beaverton from my professor? We went to that church, and we moved into a time of serving people that was so positive and so beautiful. They loved us back to health. They showed us what serving a healthy, loving church looks like. And I can honestly tell you, I don't believe I would be a pastor today if God had not somehow caused me to hear the word, call tigered when my professor to this day would tell you, I told you to call Beaverton. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. What was different about that prayer from all the other times I had prayed and seen very little by way of God's power? I believe the breakthrough came because I was absolutely desperate for God. I needed God's solution, not my own. And I was willing to do whatever it took to hear from Him. We usually think of prayer as asking God for something. However, at its core, did you know that prayer is worship? Worship that focus, focuses totally on God's amazing character and purposes. Millard Erickson says, in prayer, real prayer, we begin to think God's thoughts after him. 
to desire the things he desires, to love the things he loves, to will the things he's willed. What I've learned about prayer is prayer is about aligning my will with God's will. I used to think prayer was just petition, asking God to meet my needs, to satisfy my desires, to give me the things that I felt I needed. But I've learned that real prayer is worship. Real prayer is lining up my will with the Father's will. Desiring the things He desires. Loving the things He loves. Willing the things He wills. Next to Jesus, Sharon is my best friend. I never grow tired of hearing her voice or listening to her heart. Even when I feel like shutting all of you off and shutting out the world... This lady can always draw my attention. She's just magic that way. There's never enough time with her. And after 39 years, she is still the one with whom I long to share my life. That's how I think of prayer. God longs to be our best friend. He never grows tired of hearing from us. Even when we are anxious and complaining or fearful and ugly, his response to us is, don't be afraid. I have rescued you. I have called you by name. Now you belong to me. When you cross deep rivers, I will be with you and you will not drown. When you walk through fire, you will not be burned or scorched by the flames. To me, you are very dear, and I love you. Here's God's prayer invitation to each one of us today. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. Every one of you in this building today, God is saying to you, I'm calling out to you. Do you hear me saying, come and talk with me? And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Now, sweetheart, after that buildup, I'm expecting great things. Sharon comes to give us another snapshot of God's power through prayer in our personal lives. Good morning, church family. Let me start this by saying I've always believed in the power of prayer. As a small child, I was told how God healed me because people prayed for me. But that's another story for another time. We were living in Abbotsford, British Columbia, Canada, when I became pregnant with our second daughter, Sharon. This pregnancy was very difficult, and I was in and out of the hospital. I remember ladies from our church who believed in prayer coming to pray for me at the hospital. 
I could tell you many stories of God's healing during that time, but I want to focus on one specifically. I went to my doctor for a regular checkup. The doctor told me he believed the baby was breech, not in the right position for delivery. He sent me for an ultrasound. Well, that was 30 years ago in Canada. And in Canada during that time, you weren't allowed to see the monitor screen. The technician was not allowed to say anything to you at all. I received a call from my doctor confirming it. He was very concerned for both of us because my pregnancy had been so hard on me. So we asked our church family to pray. We had a prayer chain and it was activated. The elders anointed me with oil and prayed for me and our baby. We knew God had a plan. I remember feeling her move and thinking she is even more active than normal. It was very uncomfortable, but I knew God was turning her. I had another ultrasound, and sure enough, she had turned to the correct position. We were not surprised because we had so many people praying. That isn't the best part. When Sharon was born healthy, the doctor said, there is, a knot, there is a knot in the umbilical cord. We said, how did it get there? The doctor said, well, she had to swim through a loop to make the knot. Also, her cord is unusually long. If it had been the normal length, the knot would have tightened and she would have died. Not only had God turned her into the right position, he had given us indisputable proof of his power. When you hear the awe in your doctor's voice, who's delivered hundreds of babies, you know that it's God. Thanks, dear. Go back to the verse from Ephesians 3 we read a few moments ago. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. As Christ followers, I hope every one of you believes the truth that God is able to accomplish infinitely more. In our lives. However, many of us may doubt whether God will accomplish infinitely more for us personally. We may be saying, I've seen God that do that for other people. I've heard Sharon's praise report this morning, but God just doesn't seem to move in my life in that way. Pastor Stephen Furtick speaks about praying audacious bold, daring, and fearless prayers to God. I believe with all my heart that many who call Black Rock their church are hungry, hungry for more of God in their lives. By that I mean that you are tired of the helplessness of this world 
and the sense that nothing really makes a difference. Today, God invites us to break through all of that by recognizing His mighty power that is at work within us. Power to accomplish infinitely more. Maybe you've given up that He will ever touch that painful condition in your body or take away the depression that hangs over your life like a black cloud. He has power to accomplish infinitely more. Perhaps you've surrendered to the lie that your broken marriage can never be mended. He has power to accomplish infinitely more. Has the downward spiral of this life robbed you of your dreams and pressed you into living life in survival mode? He has power to accomplish infinitely more. And dear friends, it all begins with prayer. Audacious prayer that dares to believe and refuses to fear. Now let me be clear about several issues we need to keep in mind regarding how God moves in our lives. First of all, our prayers must be rooted in the Bible. Our prayers must be rooted in the principles of God's Word and not just in what feels good. God is not our puppet waiting to, to fulfill our every whim or desire. In fact, I'm so grateful, I hope you are, that God has not answered some of the dumb, foolish prayers that I've prayed to Him over the years, aren't you? We need to remember that in our limited, fallen, finite state, we only see things from our perspective. God sees the beginning from the end. And so when we pray and we ask Him for things that He does not grant, or He doesn't answer in the way we expected Him to respond, we need to say, God... You see it all. You see the beginning from the end. You see what is needed in my life to grow me into a fully mature Christ follower. And I'm trusting you for those answers. You know, I've seen people recover from illness that is clearly the result of God's healing touch in their lives. In fact, when I pray for someone to receive God's healing, I'm never surprised when He touches them. Not because there's anything magical about my prayers, but because of the character of our wonderful Heavenly Father. It's an old chorus that says, What a healing Jesus I found in you. What a healing Jesus you restore Refresh and renew. What a healing Jesus for such a time as this. Arise on healing wings, son of righteousness. However, please understand that God does not always heal. Often, like Paul, he gives us the grace and the strength to live with our emotional and physical scars. 
Why? Because he wants to use those things to demonstrate his overcoming power to others with a similar burden. In other words, we have the privilege of coming alongside those who are struggling and saying to them, Listen, I've walked the same path. Let me tell you how God has met me and helped me all along the way. Another word about healing. Please remember, if God chose to touch us a thousand times, eventually something will take our physical lives, right? Sooner or later, these bodies die because they're not created for heaven. God says in 2 Corinthians 5, I am fashioning a new body for you. It's a body made with God's own hands, not by human effort. A body that will never know death, disease, heartache, sorrow, any of the burdens that we bear in this life. Therefore, any healing in this life is just a sip. It's just a little foretaste of what awaits us in heaven. Do miracles happen? I believe they do. No one will ever tell me that that knot in the umbilical cord just happened by accident. However, Jesus himself said that in this world, what? You'll have trouble. He promised us trouble. But he said, cheer up. I've overcome the world. That's why we need the promise of heaven. BlackRock's prayer network is here to help you grow as you answer God's prayer to invitation. On the screen are just a few of the opportunities for you to plug into prayer. You probably look at this screen and say, wow, I never knew that all of these things were available to me. Our elders are available by appointment to offer healing prayer, which is a part of their sacred spiritual ministry in the lives of this church family. We have Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday prayer. Sanctuary has its own set of prayer gatherings and much more. These are just a few. Loved ones, if you need prayer, I guarantee there's an opportunity for you to have other people in the Black Rock family come alongside you and stand with you in prayer. Did you know that after every worship celebration, after every service, there's a trained, hand-picked team of people up here in front wearing a tag that says prayer team. They're here to agree with you for prayer in your lives. Ask them or any leader about getting involved in one or more of these prayer gatherings. Now, during the next three Sundays, we are offering workshops to help you learn more about what it means to pray audacious, bold, faith-filled prayers. Today, we have two resources to inspire bold faith in you at the table in the back. One is a book entitled Sun Stand Still by Pastor Stephen Furtick. I encourage you to have this in your libraries. We only have a hundred, so first come, first serve. This book will inspire you regarding what it means 
to pray bold prayers to God and to trust Him for breakthroughs in your life. Stephen Furtick was a speaker a couple years ago at the Leadership Summit that we as pastors attend every year. So I can confirm that this is a wonderful resource. There's also a companion CD available. As we close, let me say this. My concern for us as a church family is not that we are praying dangerous prayers, not that we are praying prayers that are unbiblical, not that we are praying emotional prayers. My concern is just the opposite, that we are not trusting God to do more, to do infinitely more than all we can ask or imagine. Remember that the same Spirit who, when Jesus Christ was three days in the grave, turned to Him and said, it's time to get up and live again. That same Spirit lives in you. Your body is the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. And Paul reminds us in Ephesians 3 that God is prepared to do infinitely more than we can ask or even hope according to His power that is at work within us. As we close, listen to an excerpt from the book I've just held up for you, Sun Stand Still. Each of us is called to be a Joshua. Each in our own way, in our own circumstances, with our own God-given personality, is called to believe God for great things. That call is not just to have faith, but also to regularly activate our faith by asking God for giant outcomes, taking giant steps. If we have the audacity to ask, God has the ability to perform. That is how God turns His amazing promises into everyday reality in every generation, for Joshua's generation and for, our, and for ours. You and I may not see the same miracles Joshua did. Chances are we won't pray a prayer and the sun will stand still. But we serve the same God whom Joshua served. The same power that stopped the sun and raised Christ from the grave lives in every believer. God still demonstrates His love and His power and supplies His provision in direct proportion to the faith of His children. It's time to write our own Sun Stand Still story, to pray your own Sun Stand Still prayers, and to live with audacious faith that sees the impossible come to pass. To God be the glory as we seek Him together for infinitely more. Stand with me, everyone. Father God, we thank You that You are here with us today and You're speaking deeply to each one of our hearts. We praise You that You are a God of the infinitely more. And Lord, I just reach out my hands to these loved ones and I pray that regardless of what they're going through today, 
It might be emotional heartache, relational brokenness, physical needs, financial needs, employment needs. God, whatever it is, you care about each one of us. And you say to us, come talk with me. Let's sit down and have a conversation together. Let me hear your heart and let me communicate my heart for you to you. May our response be, Lord, I'm coming. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.